going on guys welcome back inside another episode of big easy in the big apple possibly the last time uh that will be the podcast name i tweeted out there's a name change coming and there's a segment change which you guys already know about uh, a phone segment where i'll get your saints questions debates hot takes whatever the hell you want to put on the podcast it will be there for you it'll be the true destination for the Houdat nation and Moving on from that, because that will eventually come and we'll have a chance to share moments together. Uh, the reason I'm also putting out a second episode isn't just because we have a bunch of free agency news, um, some rumors about where Teddy Bridgewater might land, who the Saints might be targeting on defense, which I kind of like and hate the idea at the same time, and I'll talk about that player in a little bit. What I really, um, the reason I'm really doing this is not only because I love that, it's I feel like I owe another episode to you guys because... The Jordan Love episode that I put out where I was explaining why I think he's a great quarterback prospect, why I'd love to see him be the successor to Drew Brees and all that. Um, The issue is that the audio somehow got a little jumbled up, uh, got a little choppy to say the least. I had a couple of you guys message me and um, I really appreciate that you guys did it privately. Just let me know what the issue was. I actually went back, re-recorded the episode for you guys um, that it's not choppy. And you guys can go back and listen if you want to. Uh, Felt like I owed you guys that. But I also owed another episode that was not choppy at all from the get-go. One that you guys could put on, play, and keep going. And without further ado, let's jump into it. Let's talk about some Saints news um, and what's going on here with the black and gold. And the first thing I want to talk about, and it's the most important thing, Teddy Bridgewater. And where will Teddy Two Gloves go? You guys know I'm a Teddy Bridgewater fan. I've always been a Teddy Two Gloves guy, and I've always been a fan of not just his on-field work, but more importantly, what he does off the field. I love his charitable works. I love the kid's attitude, um, and I just love the way he goes about life. This is a guy who, when you tell him how do you process what you've been through, the leg injury, all that, and all he tells you straight up is there was a time where he couldn't tie his shoe, and the fact that he could do that now, he's already a winner. And all the stats on the field, they're great and all, but they don't mean as much to him as just being able to wake up, play football, enjoy the moment. And I think that just speaks volumes to the type of character he is. And the Saints are more than likely going to lose him this offseason. And it's going to stink for the fact that he's just a guy that you want to root for um, and always have in your corner. But on the other hand, if the Saints lose him, it will not be the end of the world. As someone who's been a big fan of Teddy Bridgewater, I do think from a talent perspective, you can obviously do better than Teddy B. From a personality standpoint, I I don't know if you can. I really don't think you can at all. I think he's a great human being. Um, As far as quarterbacks go, the Saints can definitely get better down the road after Breeze. And obviously, if they can get a guy like Jordan Love, who I've been advocating for, that would definitely um, fit the mark. That would fit the billing of finding someone who is a better quarterback. That said... Where will Bridgewater go? There's a couple of options for him. 
and the one that's gaining the most traction, it would probably be the be the most interesting storyline as far as Bridgewater and the Saints goes, is the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are apparently interested in him. That one really interests me because not only is he completely different from Jameis Winston, he'd stay in the division. And we'd have Bridgewater breeze twice a year. That'd be pretty interesting. You have Bridgewater going to a Bucks team that their biggest issue was turnovers. Teddy Bridgewater's greatest strength, not turning over the football. But then there's the flip side to it. And I think it's almost interesting that a lot of people are talking about, hey, you know, if Bridgewater goes there, the picks go down. This offense is a little bit, uh, you know, I'd say a little bit more fluid, um, a little bit more efficient. I don't know if that's true. And I know it's crazy for someone who's been always on Teddy B's cor- uh, corner to say that. I genuinely feel the only way a Bruce Arians offense is as explosive as he wants it to be is when you have a quarterback like Jameis Winston who gives zero Fs about what he's doing, throws the ball over the field. If he throws five picks, that's fine because he's going to throw six touchdowns. And if he throws a pick six this possession, he'll get you six the next one. Like, that's how Bruce Arians' offense has always thrived. Um, We saw him with Andrew Luck. They had that don't care about an attitude where they go down 28 to the Chiefs in the playoffs, but because of the way they play, they're able to come back from that deficit. We've seen him revitalize Carson Palmer's career because it's all about throwing the ball around the park and and utilizing your weapons. And Jameis Winston, who I get it, he led the league in picks. He was terrible. Maybe the eyes had to do something with it. He's getting LASIK. He also had over 5,000 yards and 30-something touchdowns. I believe 33 to be exact. He can sling it. And I don't think Winston's good, personally, and I would love for the Bucs to keep him. I also think, though, that this narrative that if Bridgewater goes to the Bucs, they'd instantly be a better team is false. I actually think you can make an argument that they would not be as dangerous offensively as they would with Winston. And Teddy's got a lot of strengths. Pushing the ball downfield is not one of them. Uh, You know, Deuce had one. And if you're not following Deuce, you should. Deuce had that little, you know, pull-the-trigger segment with Teddy. And you can see there's times where he's timid and he's gun-shy and he doesn't want to pull the trigger on those deep throws when he should. And a team that has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, maybe they re-sign Brashad Perriman, they are going to, you know, their MO is going to be to throw the ball over the top. And if their quarterback can't do that, I don't see where he fits in. So I'm actually a little skeptical about that fit. I think the idea that the Bucks like Bridgewater is not wrong. I've checked the report. i checked who was reporting it, and I trust him. Very good source. I don't know if Bridgewater, though, is the guy that is going to take Tampa Bay to the next level. As for the other two fits that are rumored of Tampa Bay, New England and the LA Chargers. I told you guys, I think the Chargers are the perfect spot for him. I think he's got weapons in Keenan Allen. He's got a weapon in Austin Eckler. He's got Mike Williams. He's got weapons. He might have Hunter Henry next year as well. The Patriots, though, is interesting. And I actually, I would not take my eye off them for two reasons. One, The Patriots have played conservative before, and it's worked. That's what Teddy does best. And two, the Bill Parcells coaching tree. Parcells, great friends with Belichick, great friends with Sean Payton, also great friends with Mike Zimmer. Bridgewater's played for Zimmer. He's played for Sean Payton. He hasn't played for Bill Belichick yet. So maybe that's the next step for Teddy Bridgewater. And I think that's going to be interesting to see if that's where he goes. But let me know on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Teddy Bridgewater is going to play. Do you think he goes to the Bucks? Do you think he goes to the Pats? The Chargers? Maybe the Colts or the, Ra- the Raiders? There's so many destinations and fits for where Teddy Bridgewater might end up. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see where number five goes. 
But I, I'm going to keep my stance on that. I think if he goes to Tampa Bay, I'm not going to worry. The only downside to him going to Tampa Bay, you got to root against Teddy. And I don't want to, but you got to. Uh, you just have to. So let's switch gears here. And unlike past episodes, there will be no break. This is all gas, no breaks, straight through. Going to be about 20 minutes long, maybe a little bit under. Um, so, so no break, no rejoin, none of that. Let's keep going with this Saints news. And let's talk about... Uh, a potential veteran quarterback the Saints can add. Last episode, I talked about drafting Jordan Love and why I'd love to see it. Uh, no pun there, actually. Literally no pun intended. But if he goes to the Saints, I will be making my best puns. I do not care. The Jordan Love puns will not stop. Um, so maybe that's why you guys probably don't want him to come here. But as for veteran quarterbacks, I think someone who's not gaining that much attention on the open market but would be a nice fit for the Saints, Chase Daniel. And let me tell you why before you just... Pause it or shut off the podcast and say, I don't want to hear anything about Chase Daniel. Look, is it hard to give a glowing review? Maybe, but here's the things that I like about Chase Daniel. One, he knows the locker room and he knows it better than any other quarterback on the market outside of Teddy Bridgewater would. Two, great relationship with Drew Brees, solid foundation with the Saints and Sean Payton. He'd fit like a glove. And three, Drew Brees is your starter. Taysom Hill will see snaps here and then. What do you need in the backup? You need a guy who, if somehow, some way, your quarterback goes down, can he fill the void for a week or two, and can he master the offense? And I think Chase Daniel can do that. And actually, if you look at what the Chicago Bears do- have done the last two years, you can make an argument they were better at times with Chase Daniel than with Mitch Trubisky. I know that's not saying much. Trust me, I know it's not. But my point is, Chase Daniel is the perfect type of backup. He goes in. He does his business when he needs to. If not, he's a great teammate. You don't have to worry about any off-field distractions. He just goes there and does his work. And what I like about Chase Daniels is Chase Daniels is going to be cheap. Chase Daniels is not going to cost you a lot. And like I said before, he already has been with the Saints, so he knows what he's going to do when he gets to the Big Easy, if he does get to the Big Easy. So I think that's an interesting name. Now, I know people are all caught up in Mariota, and, and names of that sort, I think Mariota might actually get a decent deal. Like, it wouldn't shock me if a team says, hey, Marcus, do you want a two-year, $20 million deal? Let's see what happens. Let's work something out. I like you in our system. I think Andy Dalton's a nice name, but Andy Dalton's going to be a starter in this league. He's too good to be a backup. And obviously, you can make your, your opinion that he's not good enough to be a starter, but I think a team's going to disagree. So I think Chase Daniel, a cheap, maybe one year, $5 million or less, I think that works. He can be the backup. Um, and this way you could use Taysom in a variety of ways and all as well with this Saints offense. I think that would be interesting. I really do think that is what the Saints have to do in that department. Now let's switch gears. And before I switch gears to a target that the Saints are after in free, free agency, according to reports, I just want to bring up social media accounts real quick and what you guys need to do. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Rose Report and follow me on Instagram at Big Easy underscore Big Apple. I'll make sure to follow you Saints fans back um, like I always do. Um, and also, if you're not supporting the podcast already, and you can, I'm going to leave a link in the description. Also, don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast if you're enjoying it as always. And if you have content ideas, I've mentioned it before, pitch them to me. I will work out something with you guys, and we'll figure it out together. Now, let's get into that target that the Saints have in mind, and it's New England Patriots linebacker Jamie Collins. On the surface, I really like this idea. I like the idea of pairing Jamie Collins with... Um, 
Demario Davis. And Andrew from Who Dat Discussion, if you haven't checked out his podcast, make sure you do so. Mentioned that they'd be a nice fit together and they're athletic. And I agree with Andrew. Andrew's a really smart uh, Saints mind. Here's my only issue with getting a guy like Jamie Collins. And I'm sure you guys probably agree. He's one of those players where on the Patriots, they're great. And then when they're not on the Patriots, they're bad. And you have to figure out that balance. Well, is it the other team didn't have great coaching? Or is the Patriots coaching just that great and the system works and it and it all just looks great? I think it's a little bit of both. So here's the deal. Jamie Collins is coming off a great year. 81 tackles, 7 sacks, 3 interceptions. It all looks great. It all looks great. Tell me how in 3 years with Cleveland, he had 7 sacks. This year with New England, in 1, he had 7 sacks. Tell me how in three years in Cleveland, he had two picks. This past season in New England, he had three. Also, explain to me how both tenures in New England, he was one of the best linebackers in the league. And when he got to Cleveland, they signed him to a big extension. He doesn't do anything. In fact, they just get rid of him. And they let him go back to New England and let him thrive and make his money again. And Jamie Collins is still relatively young. Still got a lot of gas left in the tank. He's only 30. As a linebacker, you have a pretty good... um, you know, a pretty good career in terms of length as long as you don't suffer any head injuries. And I think Collins will play for another three, four years at an effective level, depending on the fit. I would say this. If the Saints sign him, I would not be that concerned or worried that he's just going to turn into a crap player that'll just be a waste of money. My only concern would be, can Jamie Collins sustain that level of excellence? And that's what worries me. Now... I don't want to compare the Saints to the Browns. There's a difference between the two. There's a reason one's successful, and there's a reason the other's always picking in the top 10. But you have to be worried, because Belichick is such a genius, and he lets guys go when their time's up, and he knows he can replace them. And does he feel that way about Jamie Collins? Does he feel like he can just replace him easily? If so, I think there's a little buyer beware. On the flip side, though, the Saints signed Malcolm Brown this past year, and he was from the Patriots, and Malcolm Brown was pretty effective for the Saints, and I don't think the Saints are regretting that deal right now. So it all comes down to dollars and cents, as almost every little thing in life does. Um, but I think that's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Jamie Collins. I'll tell you this. In terms of excitement, it's like a 7 out of 10 for me on a scale because the idea of pairing Collins and his athleticism with Demario Davis, who... I think it's the best linebacker in the NFL. Call it biased. I say just look at the facts and the numbers and it'll show you that. But I think that idea excites me. Obviously, there's a buyer beware. And there's a little bit of hesitation because of his success with the Patriots and his low lights with the Browns. But guess what? We're comparing the best franchise in the fo- in the National Football League to the worst. That's the tough read. So I'm actually really interested. I asked you guys to let me know what you think about Bridgewater. I actually would really... Out of the two, I'd like to know more what you think about Jamie Collins. Do you think that that's a player where if he goes on the Saints, he can have success? Or we're talking about another botched deal where Collins only works out for New England and everyone's wondering what secret sauce Bill Pelichick is cooking up there uh, in Foxborough that these guys go over there and play great, go somewhere else and stink up the bed. I really want to know what you guys think about that topic. But again, 7 out of 10. I'm excited about that idea. Um, I, I definitely agree with uh, the Saints targeting a linebacker. I like Nick Kwiatkowski from Chicago, but they like Jamie Collins. I can't argue against that. He's a great player, at least New England. Um, now, before we end this episode uh, of Big Easy and the Big Apple, I just want to talk about some NFL mock drafts that I've seen. And 
I'm sure these guys will, these, you know, latest additions will either make you guys really happy or make you guys pretty pissed. There's no in between here. So I'm going to go with the two draft scouts that I love the most. I love Matt Miller from Bleach Report, and I really like Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network. I think those guys are thorough with their work. They're two of the best. I also want to give a, a quick shout out to Jordan Reed from Draft Network. Fantastic work at the Combine. He's really good at his job, and he's on the rise. But in terms of mock drafts, I don't know if it gets better than Matt Miller and Daniel Jeremiah. They update them weekly. They give you a little inside info for each pick. What I really found interesting, both of them had the Saints taking wide receivers. They didn't have them taking the same wide receiver, which is why I'm going to bring both mock drafts up. But both of them had the Saints taking wide receiver. And it kind of seems like the writing is on the wall here, where at some point in the 2020 draft, the Saints are going to go wide out. I'm still skeptical about them going wide out with the first pick, but... Two of the best in the business have them taking a wide receiver. I think we're going to have to keep our ears open and listen to what's going on. So let's talk about the picks that they had. Matt Miller, he had the Saints taking T. Higgins from Clemson. A lot of you are going to be excited about that idea. T. Higgins, big-bodied wide receiver, played relatively well, except for the time he went up against LSU because LSU is DBU, and I don't care what Ohio State has to say about it. But Higgins is a pretty intriguing prospect. Here's my one issue with Higgins. Is he just a tall receiver who makes plays over the top? Or is he a receiver who can develop the route tree, can get in and out of his breaks pretty smooth, and really become a dominant player over the middle of the field? I think that's the question that I have to ask. But I would not, you know, hate the pick. Clemson just produces NFL guy after NFL guy after NFL guy each year because Dabo Sweeney is recruiting like an animal. So I I don't think I really dislike the Higgins pick. For reference, though, if you guys are wondering, what about Justin Jefferson? Miller had him going two picks before the Saints. He also had LaVisca Chenault going before then, and also had Ruggs, Lamb, and Judy. And I think he had seven wide receivers total in the first round of his draft, which is just absurd, but it's possible. Position's loaded. I've said it multiple times. I'll continue to say it, and I think we all will. That position group is absolutely loaded. As for Daniel Jeremiah, he's got Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. Now, this one really intrigues me. Because I actually think Ayuk's the better prospect than Higgins. And that might sound a little controversial, but I do. My question about him is, one, he's been dealing with a little bit of a nagging injury. And two, after what... And no no two prospects are the same. They're not. But after watching um, Nikhil Harry struggle with the Patriots this past season, I'm kind of a little worried about Arizona State wide receivers. I know it sounds silly, but I am. And two, I think Brandon Ayuk, as good as he is... I'd rather have a defensive player or an offensive lineman or heck a quarterback in the first round and take a wide receiver in the third or trade up into the late second than take Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State with the 24th overall pick. I'm sure a lot of you guys agree with me. I'm just not for that pick. I'm really not for the Higgins pick either, but I I understand why people like Higgins. I think both those wide receivers are guys who have first round talent, but they're not that far off of being early second rounders. And the guys and the wideouts who will go in the second round in terms of production and potential, are not that far off from them. And here's why I say that. Brandon Ayuk, in the first round, might actually be worse, in my opinion, worse of a pick than taking a Antonio Gandy-Golden in the fourth, or taking a Van Jefferson in the third. Like, you get my point? It's also about where you're drafting them, and that's why I'm a little skeptical about both. But like always, what do you guys think about those two picks? Let me know. I'm really interested to see... um, how these mock drafts shake out. Obviously, we're gonna they're gonna keep updating 
week in, week out. And I tell you guys, it's hard to judge a mock draft without free agency. So you commend the person writing it, and you love the insight they give. And these two, Matt Miller and Daniel Jeremiah, do it better than anyone. But it's also tough because priorities change after free agency. And maybe the Saints attack linebacker in free agency, and they need to go wide out with the first pick. You don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in the near future. But it's definitely interesting. I think you guys should check both those out um, if you have time on your hands. But that's going to do it for this episode of Big Easy and the Big Apple. Once again, I want to thank you guys so much for listening as always. Thank you for those that gave me that little shout out about that uh, you know little bit of an audio difficulty last time around. Hopefully, this one was much better for you guys and much more enjoyable. Um, but until then, guys, it's probably the last time this podcast is going to have this name. Same content, except for the addition of the phone segment, which I'm really excited about, and I'm sure you guys are too, Um, but this will probably be the last time that it's Big E's and Big Apple, unless something breaks, some huge news about who the Saints are targeting, who they might sign, any of that, then I'll talk about it. But until then, this is probably the last time it will have this name. So thank you so much for listening, guys, and I will speak to you next time when the podcast has a new name, which I will not mention at the moment.